Well, we've got Chinese stocks blowing up at the moment. Individual equity names in China trading like meme stocks in their own right. Alibaba up 40% or so. We've got the Federal Reserve fighting a credibility issue and they're trying to get ahead of the curve, risking the US going into recession. And we've got the trade-off going international, thanks to you guys. We talk about all these factors and more as we go inside the markets and assess the trade-off. Well, hi there, my name is Chris Wesson. I'm head of research here at Pepperstone. In a second, I'm going to be joined by Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics. And we're going to be unpacking and navigating all the factors that are going into price action and the crazy world of financial markets. We're going to look at all the setups and the thematics that are really being dominated the headlines at the moment. But without further ado, let's bring Blake into the program. Blake, how are you doing, the old mucker? Hey, I'm doing great, Chris. How are you? Good, mate. Good. Like, I talked about the trade-off going international. I'm not sure if you saw this uh, earlier in the week, but yeah, it's some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, the Nasdaq picked up the show uh, and, and has run with it in Times Square of all places in New York. There's a little, uh, little known city uh, out on the, uh, on the East Coast there, mate. So uh, <laughs> I just thought this was pretty, pretty cool, man. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, you know, I did see it and I saw the tweet about it and then I tweeted, I tweeted it, I retweeted it and a friend of mine, he was standing there uh, trying to take a picture of it. And he's like, man, I, it's not running right now. <laughs> he sat there for a few minutes waiting for it. But that's cool stuff, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Next yeah. time, it's, what happens next? Is it handprints in, uh, on the Hollywood Hall Walk of Fame? Or, you know, is it, is it going to be a, is the real pinnacle getting a, getting a show on Big Ben or, um, yeah, the Grand Canyon, I suppose, for you guys out in Phoenix? Well, I'd just like to have a, a, a blimp over the uh, Phoenix Open Golf Championship. That'd be pretty cool. But anyway. <laughs> right, we've got so much to talk about, haven't we? We've got so much to talk about. So let's, let's, let's get to it. Let's, uh, let's talk Topical Thunder. Okay, so I, I think it's, it's difficult to start with it with a real top-down big picture oversight. You know, we've got very constructive um, headlines coming around the Ukraine-Russia situation. Um, there's negotiations taking place at the moment uh, where apparently if, if uh, the Ukraine were to, to talk about neutrality um, and accept some smaller military uh, situation, then, then Russia may agree to a ceasefire, perhaps even a, a slight troop re re uh, reversal, uh, re withdrawal, should we say. Markets have absolutely feasted on it. It's just showing the sensitivity to any good news around this situation. Great for humanity, for, for humanity, obviously great for the markets in terms of risk in that situation. We've just had a Fed meeting. Uh, we can di dissect that, you know, to the cows come home. But risk is, you know, in the last 24 hours has had a, a big, big, big move. European equities flying, Chinese markets. You know, we saw the PBOC, the state, uh, state council. You know, pretty much every organization in China is, is vowed to support the stock market and the international ADRs as well. And we're seeing incredible moves. You know, the, the hate shares was up 12, 12%. I mean, it's trading like a stock, but it's a basket of stocks. The, the Hang Seng was up, what, 9% as well. These are incredible moves. Um, you know, where are you sitting if you're looking at the big picture at the moment? You, I don't want to say bullish or bearish because our job as traders is not to be bullish or bearish, but you know, what, what are you seeing here? Well, you know, Chris, it, you, you bring up a couple of great points. And as far as like Russia, Ukraine, I think the market's really poised for the worst case scenario. The yeah. worst case scenario being this drags out for a, quite a long time. So yeah. this uh, this move higher today, especially post FOMC 
Maybe it's attributed to a little bit of reversal in that risk sentiment. Also, if you think about like the COVID situation and how many people have been poised for additional downside, additional risk off with some of these port cities in China, you know, locking down. Yeah. And to be to be fair, I mean, the rest of the world has kind of moved on from COVID. And and I know you could argue and say, well, you know, the vaccines in China aren't quite what they are everywhere else. Or or perhaps, you know, the zero COVID policy, it's, you know, China's just trying to keep it at that. But in all actuality, I think the rest of the world is kind of over COVID. So, but a lot of people were, you know, afraid that there might be, a, a, you know, a, another effect from, you know, some of these lockdowns that might affect China. So I think we're seeing a reversal in that sentiment. Official so covering? Uh, you know, yeah, a little short covering. I think people are positioned maybe for, you know, for more risk off and maybe the S&P to, to, to break below 4, 4K. And, and I think this the way the market really responded to today is maybe a result of uh, a reversal of that. I what do you geopolitical, think? I mean, the geopolitical headlines, obviously great to see. Uh, let's hope it actually becomes substantial and, and, and actually becomes to fruition and, and we can see an agreement. Obviously, it could fall apart and obviously we don't hope that doesn't happen, in which case, you know, markets could 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 see a big reversal. Euro goes down, DAX you know, flo- you know, falls again and you know, oil prices spike. Um, but obviously, this is a headline I think that, that I think is really worth watching. Uh, and it seemed, seemed to supersede everything we're seeing from the Federal Reserve. So I think this is, this is great. And I think it just shows that the market probably wants to squeeze higher in the short term. Uh, and they're searching out good news for the first time, which is fantastic to see. Well, you know, and and that's going to take us over to the FOMC, Chris, and we should talk about the Fed because obviously that was the that was a big event today. But you know, going back to just really quick about positioning and and market sentiment, you know, I think this squeeze is partly attributed to the Fed. I mean, the Fed raised rates. Yeah. Finally, we ra- we 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 finally all got off in, the mate. zero. It's again, is it all priced in? And then you know, the market's looking at the Fed being. You know, they, they might raise rates another six, seven times, you know, in 2022. That's what the market's starting to price in. Yep. But yet the stock market rallied. <laughs> What's up with that? I mean, you know, yeah. and the dollar I, fell. You, and, and the, the dollar, dollar fell. fell. Yeah. But I, I'm wondering, you know, you had, you had, this was a classic risk on move. You saw yeah. cryptocurrencies rallying. You saw the yen continuing to sell off. Yep. You saw the dollar actually selling off post FOMC. And I'm I'm almost thinking, Chris, that it is a. Have you ever seen it? I, I mean, well, you have, I'm sure. Over the years, when you see the yen basket move and break out, it takes the dollar down with it. Yep. You see, like Euro yen, Aussie yen, Guppy, Pound yen, New Zealand yen, CAD yen. They all start ripping, and the dollar yep. just gets bulldoze so what do you think here following the fed what what do you think well, about this price action? i think first of all you underpinning this you had um effectively china saying that they're going to support the ukraine economically this china first policy means that they've got to do what's best in china and that really means aligning with the rest of the world you've got the chinese backing up the stock markets and you're going to see kind of everything you know it's the mario draghi moment of china effectively do whatever it takes i think you know risk assets are, are supporting that you've got constructive headlines playing in the playing that and look the fed meeting was undeniably hawkish you know the dot plots were significantly higher than what the market was looking for um and yeah, look, we saw a sell-off in rates, and that's a, a reflection of the dots and, and everything we're seeing there. But if you have a look at the yield curve, the yield curve flattened out. That tells me that part of the market are quite concerned with what we've been seeing, that they are going to see a, a, a further tightening, aggressive tightening that potentially causes a recession. But the equity market was just underpinned by all these factors. And if you actually listen to what um, 
Jay Powell said, yeah, he, he was he's really fighting that credibility. He wants to get ahead of the curve. He's talking about having a very limited a chance of, of pushing the US into recession. His commentary was very upbeat, very positive indeed. And the market said, well, there's no hint of concern despite raising rates potentially seven times from the committee. And I think we just feasted on that. So we had the tailwind to our back. Mar- uh, not Maradrug, yeah, Jay Powell gave us that that hint that the world is that the US is okay and they're going to be able to absorb these rate hikes and said, you know what, let's let's pair back some of these dollar longs, let's put some risk on the table. And I think you know it severed the connection between you know uh, a move up in rates, a move up in yields, and, and and a dollar story there. So I think there's more legs to this. I think we're going to see equities continue to rally in the short term here. Well, all right. Well, there you go. Mate, we just talked about the dollar. Let's talk about the dollar a bit more because I want to go into this a bit more because, you know, we, we saw the Aussie dollar absolutely going for it. You know, Aussie yen had a, a really strong move, but, you know, Aussie dollar uh, had a good move. You know, you saw Kiwi dollar, you saw the Swedish krona having a really nice move up. The Noki, you know, despite oil prices looking quite vulnerable, the Noki's just worked as a kind of a pro-cyclical currency. Um, and you've got euro dollar pushing back above 110. Now, can this last? You know, you've got you've got a, a Federal Reserve who are talking about potentially raising 50 basis points in the next meeting. There's a, a pretty good chance that we get 50 basis points in May, in May. You've got yield deferentials working back in favour of the dollar. You've got equity markets which are which are causing dollar weakness. But you've got these conflicting factors: equity weakness, equity strength, which is you know, pushing down the dollar. But then you've got in, uh, rate settings in the US, which say be long dollars. How does this reconcile with you? You know, I, I actually think a lot of it's going to come into line depending on what happens with the Russia-Ukraine situation, right. and and because that because that's going to free up the euro. Positioning, the euro so you're on the positioning bandwagon, right? I, I am. I, I am. I, I think that the dollar can really independently move against other currencies. Yeah. I love Aussie dollars. I love the Kiwi. I love the. I love selling dollars against a lot of different currencies. Yeah. Even this. Uh, even the sterling. We'll see about the Bank of England tomorrow, but. You know, even the sterling to a certain extent, the euro, you know, until it gets above 111, 111.20, 111.25, I'm, I'm a little nervous about being super long euros or short dollars as a whole, as a basket. But, you know, I, I, I don't know, Chris, I think the dollar looks pretty weak against a lot of currencies minus the yen. The yen's always doing its own thing. And I think the dollar yen's going to be... <laughs> Kind of, uh, it's it's in a massive breakout right now. So. I think if we get if we get further highs in 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 equities, if we see you know, especially we've got options expiry coming up on Friday. There's something like three point three trillion dollars worth of notional, which is due to expire on the on on, on the various you know things that are going to be or the different markets that are going to be expiring. The short gamma position could mean that on Monday that the dealers are left with a fairly short um, futures position that they want to cover and that could see equity markets moving even further higher next week. And you don't want to be you know, short in short risk effectively if we were to see some sort of really clear signs of de-escalation. I think the markets would just absolutely love that. Um, and I think that that would be bad for the dollar. One thing I've got to ask though, Blake, I mean, how much are you over this idea that, that Russia could be defaulting on its debts and what that means for the dollar and, and, and risk assets more broadly? You know, they, they've missed a coupon yesterday or they tried to make it in rubles. That could be a debt default effectively the first time Russia have done that for a long time. Could that be an, an event that causes the dollar to rally and, and risk to come off? I think you got to watch European banks, yeah, right? I absolutely. think you got to watch all the, the exposure that's out there. I, that's like number one. Yeah. But that there's... Probably, if you think about it, it's there. There could be several weeks before that happens, and I'll tell you what: right. the the S and P's got some room to run to the uh, two hundred day moving average before it even starts to look a little toppy. So yeah. I think near term, 
as a trader, I think the dollar can still sell off. But should there be a funding crisis, a liquidity crisis? Yeah, you got to be long the dollar at that well, point. They've got a 30 day grace period now. So, yeah, shit gets real after that 30 day period. And I think we yeah, pr the markets will tell you if they're concerned, won't they? They're, the markets will tell you. <laughs> Sorry, earmuffs kids <laughs> <laughs> all right that's going to take us over to you know speaking of risk on risk off chris i, I want to talk a little bit about these commodity currencies yeah right you know the aussie the kiwi the canadian norway uh you can even take the you can even throw the emerging market currencies into this into this mix if you want mm. but these commodity currencies have not acted the same way that they have for the last 20 years that i've been trading predominantly currencies. They don't go down. And it's been, what's that? They're not going down. They're, They're going not up. going down. And, you know, we, we've seen a 20% correction in the NASDAQ and we've yeah. seen corrections in other markets too. But you would have expected that the Kiwi and the Aussie and other and the Canadian would have been demolished by right. now. Correct. But they have held up really well. And, and I've had one of my colleagues, he says, you know, it, well, it's, you know, kind of you know, furthest away from the drama. But I actually believe there's a lot of commodity upside pressure globally mm. that's just a tailwind for these currencies. Mm. So are they the new safe haven? I mean, do you really want to own commodity currencies in a risk-off environment or are they just going to pop yep. if we see risk pop? What, what do you think here? Where do you stand on these commodity currencies? Well, I guess, it, it, mate, look, to be honest, it, it depends on your strategy. If you're a trend follower, you're already long. I mean, you already picked these up as, you know, Aussie yen, Aussie dollars trending, you know, right. uh, Kiwi yen, they're all, they're all trending. So you're already, you're probably max long in those positions anyway, because they, they came onto your radar a long time ago. If you're scalping, then that's a whole different, uh, you know, if you're, a, if you're a mean reversion scalper, then that's a whole different factor, right? So it really depends. But what do I think fundamentally as a bias for these currencies right now? Um, yeah, like I like them. I wouldn't be betting against the Aussie. Um, yeah, the idea of buying pullbacks. I had someone say to me the other day, you say buy pullbacks, Chris. How do you buy pullbacks? Well, I mean, obviously, when you get a bit of weakness, things don't go up in a linear fashion forever. You're going to get you know, people taking profits. And when people sense profit takers, you know, other people sort of jump on board. You don't want to be the last person out the door. Um, and you, yeah, you just wait for price to stabilize. And it's about trading price action then. But yeah, I, right now, yeah, Aussie yen, Kiwi yen, Noki yen. They all just look fantastic. I wouldn't be betting against them. You're either long or wrong. Um, you know, if you're either long or neutral, or be, I, I think I struggle to be short um, as a tactical bias. Um, obviously, the, again, it comes down to your trading strategy. So yeah, I think I think they look really nice. Aussie yen just is, is in beast mode right now, right? It is, and so I mean, it's like you either get off the bus or get out of the way. I, you know, <laughs> at the end of at the end of 2021, I was asked, you know, what's what's your best trade of 2022. And I was like, I'm going to buy the Aussie dollar as it dips to 70 cents and be yeah. long because I think it's going a lot higher. Sure. And in my mind, I always thought, hey, I think the Aussie is going back to parity against the dollar. And and I, I hey, that's good for you if you want to ever come well, to the U.S. Come on, Mrs. Morrow is going to make some meat, <laughs> meat life and I'll be, <laughs> I'll be around there with yeah, my, there you with go. my strong then you come Australian on my... dollars. <laughs> but in my mind, I was trying to figure out how was that logically going to work? But if you watch price action the last few months, it's now starting to make more sense, yeah, right? right? I mean, anyway. Yeah, I mean, the market was so short of Aussie dollars, and they still are, to be honest. So I, 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 I still like this this higher, to be honest. I think these markets go higher. And I think they're going to be some of the ones we're going to be cover up in, in, in some of our plays. Actually, it was my play of the day last week. But uh, yeah, let's go to some of the charts and see what we're seeing at the moment. Let's go to this setup.
All right, well, I've got Noki Yen. Why have I got Noki Yen? We've been talking about it pretty much most of the show. Um, but what I love about the Noki is that, yeah, for, for large periods of time, it was so super correlated to what was going on with Brent prices. It makes sense, right? You know, you've got terms of trade in Norway, obviously so heavily affected by what was going on in the Brent price. They're one of the major exporters. So you saw a strong correlation. And when Brent prices collapsed, you know, crude prices collapsed, you know, 25% from those highs. Yeah, we still saw the Noki continue to move high. So it completely decoupled uh, from what would happen in, 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 in that key terms of trade. And that said to me something, that was a clear message that the market wanted to go pro-cyclical and the Norwegian crown was it was acting as a pro-cyclical currency. Now, if you try, if you apply it to the charts, I mean, I don't need any oscillators just to show this is going up. So from a pure momentum strategy, which I love to run, I love to buy what's strong. I love to sell what's weak. You know, go with the direction of the capital when you've got an aggregation of all these different players that are going real money, leveraged accounts, you know, reserve managers. You know, it's all a melting pot of flow. That's really what we're seeing. This is broken out. Now, can it last? You know, you, with so many momentum strategies, you get so many full starts, you get stopped out for small losses. Yeah, this is one that I, I, I think can run. I think this goes up to 13.6. Um, I, I think this is this really, really strong move and it's closed near the highs of the day. That's a powerful statement. You know, I think this has broken out of that trading range. I think it goes high. What do you think? You know, I, I, I like it. And I've, I've been really into these harmonic patterns recently. Yeah, right. It's just more that I can see them. I see them and sometimes it's easier for me to see them. And right now, I can see it in the the Norway yen and the Nok yen. It looks great. I think it looks like it go it goes to thirteen forty eight, thirteen sixty somewhere in that neighborhood. Yep. That's like a six one eight seven or excuse me a seventy eight or an eighty eight percent retracement of the entire move. Yeah. But it looks bullish and it's breaking out. I do have a reservation about the yen, but I'm still bringing a yen to the table, and I'll talk about that here in a few minutes. But well, the yen's I like not the breakout. It's a safe haven. It's not. It's just no. What does that? What is the yen for? Who's buying? Who's buying yen right now? Well, wait, right? Even when the equity markets were collapsing, no one was buying yen. Why, why was anyone buying yen? Well, why would you buy yen? <laughs> so let's talk about that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you over to the Aussie yen because yep. it's a very similar picture to, to the Norwegian yen. But one of my colleagues who traded on a yen desk for, you know, he lived in Japan for five years. He's been in, he was in the FX market on dealing desks for, for, with major banks for almost 40 years. He's like, he lived in Japan, traded the yen. That was his his currency. Yep. And he's like, look, Blake, the commodity pressure is putting a lot of pressure on the yen. J Japan's got to Japan's got to bring all that all those commodities in, all the resources in. So it's going to weigh on the yen. So anyway, going to the Aussie yen, this is a breakout, and we're and we're getting close to my target in the Aussie yen right now, just intraday and you know, actually we're testing it. It's 86.80. We're at the 161% extension, which is a butterfly pattern. But yep. if it extends, it takes us all the way to 91, mm. Chris, 90, 80, 91. Right. And that is a huge breakout. Yep. We were just talking about the Aussie yen. Yep. What do you think here? But wait, before you say something, I have to say, Daily sentiment index for the yen has been in single digits for the last three days, which is very extreme. Yeah. So, you know, I do want to be selling yen. I just don't know if I want to do it just yet. But anyway, what do you think? Well, I just find again, it's just like why would why would you why would you buy? I mean, apart from the fact that we both 
dislike it is probably you know that in itself ben you've got the you know sentiment but you need a trigger to do right. it and and yeah maybe maybe it is just people taking profits on, on the shorts that just causes all the algos to sense that there's big profit taking and it's sort of you know you don't want to be the last person out the disco when the disco is on fire you want to be closest to the door right and, and that maybe that right. that's the reason it's just a flow move but i fundamentally i can't see this but yeah you've got a huge level of rising resistance that trend resistance to come through maybe that's a that's a level that you can look to scalp against as a, as a, as a quick one but obviously if that breaks through like we saw with with Nokia again you know that's a very powerful statement at the moment and you know I wouldn't be betting against this. If, if 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 risk comes in and we look at the equity market, if the VIX pulls down to the low 20%, that brings more capital into the market. You know, I think if the, the VIX goes down into the low 20%, that Aussie yen probably tests that resistance and breaks through that point there as well. And another one I want to bring up there is because, you know, we're talking about these geopolitical issues is the vol that we're seeing, the volatility we're seeing in crude, spot crude especially. Uh, I really like this chart, um, but do I like this from the short side? Uh, we saw that move up to one into sort of 130. Uh, we've seen a, a strong move down into 95, um, and you know price is sort of gravitating. Now we've broken through the, the through through the rising trend uh, trend support. Um, that in itself doesn't necessarily mean we're going to serve, see a further collapse, but we've obviously seen those those series of higher lows um, coming out of the market. Um, Positioning was de- definitely overstretched to the upside. We got to 130. We were trading something like about seven standard deviations above the 50-day moving average. We've come back. Um, you know, I think personally there's risk that this comes down to 85, not from a risk perspective, but because if we were to see more positive headlines around Russia, Ukraine, real substance to that, I think that that the oil price would fall on the back of that. We take out yesterday's low, uh, and I think then you've got that former breakout level around sort of just around $86. I think that would be the target. That's what I'm looking for in the short term. What do you think? Well, you know, one of the things that you're not looking at uh, just because of the chart itself is the intraday price action, which actually gave us a head and shoulder pattern. The neckline broke right below 105. It's like 104-ish. So the target for that, if that pattern fulfills itself, Chris, it takes us right below the 200-day moving average, mm. right or right just below 80 bucks. So your 85 target for me, whenever I see a chart pattern, I always try to get out before we actually reach the completion of the yeah. pattern because everybody's looking at a pattern. So yeah. I try to get out before then. So if your target's 85, I think that's like in line with what I would be looking looking at at the short side. Yeah. Do you short it here? I don't know. If it if it peaked its head back up towards 100, I'd probably be a seller up there. Well, I think you, doing so right that that low that we can see with the with the the the, the blue line drawn at the bottom of it, I can't remember the exact number. I think it's around sort of ninety five thirty six or so. Um, if, yeah. if, if 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 it breaks through that, that that's where you can use your execution. That's where you can do sell, sell stop orders and take the momentum through and just pick up a, a move down into sort of eighty six. So you know, it's not always about you know selling limits and, and using limit orders to to, to move that and, and take swings. But yeah, I think uh, you know using stop orders to sort of uh, through those highs, through those lows, to try and take the momentum and hope that it continues on that movement through those lows would be quite a good idea on that one. Well, speaking of momentum, Chris, let's let's turn our attention to these cryptocurrencies like the Ethereum. You know, this has been a big channel support. We've talked about it a lot in Bitcoin, Ethereum, and you know, with the risk off that we've seen over the last, let's just call it the last several weeks. Notice that. Ethereum and Bitcoin, which Bitcoin's not shown here, it's just Ethereum, but I'm playing Ethereum right now. Hmm. They've been holding up, even though it's kind of like uh, the yen and the commodity currencies, they, they haven't been moving down with equities. And so that divergence in correlations speaks volumes to Ethereum, yep. meaning that we have this nice little triangle set up, Chris, and, and we start breaking above like 2,800. 
we should see probably 31, 3,200 again. And, may, and the 200 day moving average is up near 3,500. And that's not a small move. That's like a, if we make it all the way up there, you're talking about a 10, 11% move. Yeah. And that's a big move in currency world. Yeah, Maybe right. not in crypto world, but in currency world. So what do you think here? I, I prefer Bitcoin, no, I prefer Ethereum. I prefer trading Ethereum to Bitcoin. Um, it's a higher uh -huh. B to play. It's not quite as crazy as some of the altcoins or shit coins, for example. But you know, you, you get that little bit more um, of a, a bigger percentage. So it's slightly higher beta than Bitcoin, but does pretty much the same thing. So, you know, I, I prefer trading Ethereum over Bitcoin as a trade long and short. Um, but again, I mean, this is one that needs to break. I think this breaks the upside. If you put if you put a Moro gun to my head um, and say, which way does this break? I think it breaks the upside. Um, but yeah, with all these kind of patterns, you wait for them to complete and, and trade the completion. It, or you can be really aggressive and go early. And, and if you're going to go early, go small uh, in that situation. I think this breaks the upside personally. And I, and I think you probably get up to move up to the 200, maybe 3,600 is your level. So I think that's the, the, the risk is it goes up to 3,600 and accelerates once this pattern completes. So yeah, I think this is an interesting one. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're seeing consolidation. The bulls and the bears are, not, are trying to make, the, there's a bit of a battle going on, isn't there? One of those parties is. needs to reestablish it itself and be the dominant force i personally think that it's going to be the balls in this situation here especially if risk comes on and equities continue to push higher um, but i think it's a really good point now to to come to the um to the, the penultimate part of the show and let's go to uh, our play of the day But it's really interesting. I mean, there's, there's a million things we could look at in this market. Of course, when you get high vol, you're going to get opportunities all over the shop. I've, this week, uh, last week I did Aussie yen. This week I'm looking at Euro Swiss. Uh, I think we get up to 105, top Bollinger Band. We've broken the series of downtrend, uh, lower highs. Uh, we've had a nice move up. It's probably a little bit overcooked. I, I wouldn't necessarily read too much into stochastic momentum. Obviously, it's just a reflection of the underlying trend. But, you know, it's, it's holding all the, the short-term moving averages. It's trending higher. It's got a nice momentum in this play. Um, if we were to see real meat on this 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 negotiations that's taking place between Russia and Ukraine, I think you're yeah you, you're trading 103.74 at the moment. I think you've got a a nice move up into 105, perhaps even a little bit higher. The market short euros, I think you know not in the net com not commercials, um, but I think if you're looking at the general flow we're seeing from real money and in investment banks, market's been expressing themselves through the sort of the lower equity markets, the lower risk off situation by being short euros as a hedge. Um, and I think that if, if this really builds, um, then it goes into 105. Obviously the risk is, is that deal falls apart and, and obviously the fighting continues for some time soon and people reestablish it. So it's a massive risk, of course. But I think, yeah, given what we're seeing at the moment, the market wants to squeeze higher. I think 105 is in the play there. And I and I love it that the that the dollar Swiss is actually breaking out as well, Chris. Yeah, right. So that's that's just another thing that adds fuel to this fire. So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn your attention to the dollar rand, and um, this is, goes back to the conversation that we were having about those commodity currencies. And just FYI, I played the Aussie Canadian on the short side just the day after uh, we aired last week, and that one actually made my week. So I I love doing these uh, these these plays of the day, and uh, and these types of setups. And I'm looking at the dollar rand because we actually just closed below the 200 day moving average. So if we break below the 50% retracement, which you see there is around 1487, 1488, we start clearing some of those levels, some of those that support, we have a bearish wedge. A bearish wedge is defined by lower highs, consistent lows. And considering the fact that we just closed below the 200 day moving average, we have those consistent lows across, uh, you know, from the uh, November lows all the way across and the lower highs, this should take us down towards 1450, which is near the 618 retracement. So I like the 
dollar rand on the short side. I think these these emerging market currencies, like the commodity currencies, act really well in the this current environment. Yeah, good stuff. Well, that's all we've got time for. I will just quickly take a note because we always get people saying, why have you not talked about gold enough? Gold's a tough one at the moment because you've got you know potential for falling dollars. That's obviously good for the gold price, XAE USD. Um, at the same time, you've got um, you know, bond yield selling off and, and moving higher effectively um, in that situation, which is a gold negative, especially if real rates are moving up. So you've got conflicting force and it makes life a bit more tr- bit, bit, bit more problematic to sort of forecast and trade gold. I will say, though, if the yield curve continues to flatten, I think the gold will be a good hedge against a potential recession that the bond market's pricing in there. So that could be very positive indeed for the gold price. So that's something we are watching as well. But again, appreciate all your comments feel free to just leave a comment about anything that you've heard about the dollar, about what's happening in Chinese equity markets and the, the crazy moves we're seeing there, what's happening in commodity markets, what's happening in around the Fed and what you think about's going on there. Leave your comments there and if we can get time, we'll definitely re- respond where we can as well. And if you're watching the show and you're still watching the show now, smash the like button. We'd obviously really appreciate that one as well to try and grow the program going forward. Anyway, that's all we've got time for. That's us from uh, Blake and I on the trade-off this week. See you next week.